back to another week of Carry the G and MKE. I'm Aaron Nagler, Cheesehead TV, talking with Camille Davis once again after the Packers drop a very frustrating game to the Atlanta Falcons. Poor Camille. We legit just got online and we just said hello. And I almost started ranting and I was like, we got to save it for the pod. I'm so sorry to uh, to jump all over it right out of the gate. I hope you had a lovely weekend, Camille. I outside did. of the Packers. You know, outside of the Packers, the weekend was was pretty good. So uh, I can't complain too much there. There you go. Uh, it, it was a very frustrating game. And I think you pretty much nailed it right before we started recording. The, the victory's right there. It, it's mm-hmm. right there. Just mm-hmm. take it. Just take it. It was a game where you're you're watching it in third quarter. You're like, wow, like, man. First of all, you're like, Jordan Love really shows up in the third quarter. Like, they're yeah, showing the stats between right. this game and then the game in Chicago. And you're yep. just like, wow, like, yes, like, victory is here. Like, we got a 12-point lead. All we got to <laughs> do is hold on in the fourth quarter. Oh, and, and we man. walk away uh, out of Atlanta with a big dub going 2-0. and and, and I was even thinking ahead of myself going, yep. like, okay, yep. you know, look, the Vikings lost. Chicago's about to lose. At the time, I was like, okay, the Lions Seahawks are... Seahawks are beating up on Detroit. Exactly. Like, going to take control of the division. This win, I was like, it's early. A lot of yeah, football stuff. A lot people. of ball game left. No so doubt. So it was like, to get an early lead in the, the division, I was like, right. this could be outstanding. It didn't work out that way. Um, so that was disappointing to say, at the very least. <laughs> what, what, let's rewind, all right? Because it's real easy now after the fact, because the game was so close and because of the way they pretty much gave it up there in the fourth quarter, to to forget the fact that heading into the game, it's so funny. Like, you get a few nicks and bruises. You get a couple of players down. And, man, my mentions are just filled with people doom and gloom. Like, they're going to lose by 20, blah, blah, blah. What was your mindset heading into the game? Because it was interesting to see people who were very kind of up and positive after the Bears' victory to suddenly – with the news that, you know, Aaron Jones and Christian Watson weren't going to go and then David Bakhtiari is out, man, the, the vibe really shifted really quick. What what was your mindset going into the game? I mean, we all have to acknowledge the fact that the Bears still suck. So, True. Fair. Fair. you know, I, one of my favorite parts from Technical File this past week was my co-host Tim lighting into our Bears fan on the podcast. And he was like, just because you guys got better doesn't mean you don't still suck. And <laughs> I was like, that's a bar. Like that, yes. Like they made some progress for sure. So it's like you look at that win against the Bears and they 18-point win. So you're like, okay, if they're a bad team, you did what you're supposed to do against a bad team. And going into the game against Atlanta, I was telling some of my friends, like, yo, Atlanta's a little bit better than I think some people are giving them credit for. I know their division was a mess last year as well, and you don't know what to make of them. I was like, but the running game there is real. Mm. Um, and and going into the game, I was like, it's going to be a tough one. They're a good younger team. I was like, you know, the Packers, good young team. It should be a good game. Uh, I saw the line changing. Then the Packers were becoming the That was interesting, ball. right? And I was like, that's fascinating. And then yeah. we get to game day, and you see some of these injuries. I did not expect to see David Bottiari out. Um, so immediately I was just kind of like, yikes, like that's – that's a big one. We all know how important. No doubt. Yeah, the left tackle, we know how important that position is. And uh, I thought back to saying, like, well, it's a good thing the Packers have some offensive line depth, you know, because some teams you take out their starting left tackle and everything's going to fall to crap. The Packers, I thought, at least would be able to withstand it throughout this game um, to a certain degree. So, And I think they did. You know, I, th- I think they did. You know, as far as – 
between Rasheed Walker and Josh Nyman, I think they found a way of working. It was that's a great point in the sense that the Packers, unlike most teams, do have depth at tackle, and mm-hmm. a lot of teams, if they lose their starting left tackle, especially you know, the former All Pro, probably fall apart and or have to change their approach quite a bit on offense. It didn't look materially different than what we saw no. in Week One, as far as okay, there are going to be times some of these dropbacks where we're going to leave him one-on-one. And I thought Walker was definitely up and down. But yes. for the most part, they could run their offense. Yeah. You know, and that's not always the case when you got backup linemen in there. Exactly. Like, kind really of the same thing when Newman came in for Jenkins. I mean, I don't think he was, was lights out, but <laughs> that was scary in the moment where I'm thinking, oh, God, here we go. But Newman held up okay, too. Exactly. And it was it's like, okay, they weren't perfect, like you were mentioning. They right. definitely had some lapses there in their play. But for the most part, the Packers were able to execute the way that they wanted to execute. So I'm watching, I'm like, this is a winnable game. Like, I didn't go into it like we're absolutely going to beat Atlanta. I just felt it was a winnable game. Yep. And the way they played throughout it showed me that it was a winnable game. And by the time we get to the fourth quarter, I'm feeling pretty good. Like, we just got to close out. And then things started to fall apart. Uh, 13 unanswered points. Offense can't get a first down. Everything that you would hope not happen happened um, in that moment. And then I even saw like the little blur from the Packers social media team that Lucas Van Ness was out uh, for the rest of the game with an elbow injury. So I was like, "Ah, I hope that's not too serious along with uh, Elgin's injury. Mm -hmm. And then you're, you're, then you think back, you're thinking back to if Ja would have just caught that interception. Oh, or the Quay Walker interception. So many missed tackles. And yeah, yeah. There are a lot of what ifs. A lot of what ifs on the defensive side. Yeah, and that's the piece that is so interesting to me when I reflect on this game because, you know, a lot of the narrative was, you know, hey, this is a young team. These types of L's are going to happen. And that is that is true. I'm not tripping off the fact the Packers lost. It's just interesting how they lost because yes. you would have thought that without Batiari, with Elgin going down, without Aaron Jones, without Christian Watson, that the offense – would be the problem. But they were still able to put up 24 points, and it still happened to be an L. So it was a game where I thought the defense would show a little more and was disappointed that they they didn't. Yeah, it's interesting. Heading into this game, I don't. it's nothing that I, – I can't imagine it's nothing the Packers didn't expect as far as Atlanta's offensive approach, right? Mm-hmm. You know they're going to run the ball. You know they're going to feature those two backs. They know they have to limit what they ask Ritter to do, which I think they did. And the Packers gave him his first interception ever in his NFL career. Should have had two more. Yep. You know, so it's like it's so obvious that the Packers can play a pretty high level of defense if and when they have a lead and the team across from them gets into, oh, gosh, we have to throw it now mode, right? They're kind of built for that. We saw that especially last week against the Bears. Mm-hmm. But I think – pretty much over Joe Barry's tenure, it's been, okay, if we can cook with guy, with four guys up front, right, when they're dropping back consistently, we're going to flood the end with coverage, and we're probably going to get a pick or two or we're going to make a play on the ball, what have you. Well, the Falcons did want to play to that script, and I don't think you should have – I don't think the Packers should have expected them to, but it sure felt like, to your point, they got up 12 in the fourth, and they thought, okay, we're going to play a light box, we're going to mm-hmm. play coverage, and Atlanta was just like, thanks, we're just going to keep running the ball. Because that's who they are. Like, the, the, it just seemed like a complete lack of awareness from Joe Barry and company. And that's what's frustrating. I think that's a fair point to have because, again, they spent the top 10 draft pick on a running back. And in this day and age, <laughs> you got to think they're going to use him. 
Exactly. And we saw early on how effective he was throughout the entire first half. The score right. wasn't ever such that a 12 point lead, that's two percent. Like that's that's two yeah. possessions. So right. it's, it was never so much out of the question where it's like, OK, I expect Atlanta to just throw the ball now to catch up, especially when you saw how effective the run game was. If you can get, you know, eight yards on the carry yeah you're then living. it's not going oh, to be a part of your game is going to and be that's the whole problem in the second half especially but kind of for the game on defense it's look there are players that got to make plays they're in position to make plays right whether it is the obvious ones like dropped interceptions or even if it's just okay i'm supposed to be the fill guy and i'm right. supposed to be there off of a stunt what have you i'm in the hole i got to make that tackle or at least slow the ball carrier down but the problem for the packers was they had no idea what to key on because the Falcons kept living in second and third and short. And if you're a play caller, that's the dream. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talk about paper cuts. They paper cut them to death. They ran 78 plays yesterday. 70, 78 plays, Camille. <laughs> that's, that's way too many plays. And that's the other thing. When you're on the field that long, and this is where the lack of complimentary football comes in, like you're going to get tired. Those guys are sucking wind at the end of that game, and they're still being kind of the ball is still being shoved down their throats. They couldn't stop it when they were like healthy and, yeah. and just off the bus and totally ready for a game. You could flash, you know, forward to the fourth quarter and the hands on knees and hands on hips and like, yeah, the, the Atlanta's going to keep running the ball and it just was just so odd how the Packers didn't seem in any way interested in countering that. Not in any meaningful way. I mean, they didn't. And then also when they got a chance to stop it, they couldn't touch them. So (laughs) that's the other part. There is that as well. Where it's like Robinson going into, I was like, he's going to be an explosive runner. I understand that. Uh, Saw how he was juking Carolina defenders out their shoes last week. Yep. You you go into the game, I hope hope it's not my guys who were getting (laughs) out. You you hope for some rallies, tackling a bunch of carriers to the, a bunch of guys to the ball carrier. You know what I mean? Like where you're hoping you avoid those Mm -hmm. one-on-one moments, but you're going to, some of those are going to arise. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to. And then you saw moments in the game where they were, rallying to the ball and you're yes. like yes that's what i'm talking about more of this but it's like robinson is so shifty if he miss if you miss one tackle he is able to to get up the field quickly and yep. he doesn't waste a lot of time like dancing around he's trying to figure out where to get to he's using his steps and his space uh very very diligently like he's not wasting energy he has a mission yeah, to get does. to that first down marker or that end zone and he's going for it it was I mean, he's a good running back. I mean, he's he's amazing. He's amazing. He's a great talent. And the the, the fact that that's only his second NFL game right? is scary uh, for the rest of the league. Let's flip it around to the Packers running back situation. Oh boy! The fact that Aaron Jones doesn't play in this game. Okay, we all saw the hammy in Chicago, so I didn't. Ex- I pretty much didn't expect him to. But man, a- they need better from AJ. I I love AJ as a dude. I I really think. His rookie year especially, he's shown that he can do it. But, man, I don't know what's up. I don't know what's up with – there are times where he kind of he does lower his shoulder and get those hard yards. You certainly saw a handful of plays like that yesterday. But there's way too many plays where, man, you're a bigger guy. Why are you going low and losing your balance consistently and not just plowing through guys in short yardage rather than, I guess, trying to dive under the pile? I, I don't know, man. I, like The A.J. thing is curious to me. It's it's unfortunate. I'll say this because to me it felt like there were some people there. Let me let me rewind it and say this. 
there are some people who care about being right so much. Oh my gosh. Yes. That they will celebrate them being right, even if it's at the detriment to a team that they are supposedly. Supposedly. Right. Yes. So yeah. I've seen all the AJ Dillon, you know, conversation. And right. I was thinking, like, yes, he had a down year last year. You know, this is a chance for him to bounce back. So you were hoping, at least I was hoping, um, one of the Packers fans, just I like AJ Dillon to be like, hey, this yeah. is the game where he's the featured back. Like, let's see what you can do. Um, it's indoors. We know that there's all the different turf concerns right, right now. Then is that why you're out here slipping and sliding? Like it's it's the 90s and you about to go hit the <laughs> slip and slide. Does someone just get the water out the and 90s. just start spraying it on the little mat for you to just run down and slide? But like so it, good. yeah, I don't know. It was it was it's it's uh it's maddening to watch it because like you right. mentioned, he's a bigger guy. So when you're seeing them in, you know third and two, third and three, second and third, you're thinking like, we should be able to get this pretty easily. But instead he's, he's falling down before he's able to get, you know, put the hit on anybody else. He's just losing his balance. It's not looking right. And I was trying to see like, is the offensive, are, are the holes not there? Is, is it something with that? And it didn't seem at least, and I didn't rewatch the all 22 yet. So right. it's like, it didn't seem from my angle at home, watching the broadcast view that it was like an offensive line problem primarily it was just kind of like it wasn't working right like uh i think it was such an entertainer was talking about lose like the curl just didn't earl all the way right like it just <laughs> it just yeah, didn't come all the so it just didn't come together with aj yep. dillon there and yep. i it, it's it's maddening to watch it because he had he's a player profile that because well, we've seen was, him do it that's what's yes, so frustrating yes. and so bewildering is yeah last year definitely a uh, disappointing season i think aj mm -hmm. would agree with that and you thought, okay, reset, take the off season, and then come back and ready to truck some fools. And through two weeks, this hasn't been the case. And I think, you know, he didn't get any favors done last week in Chicago from the offensive line. But I thought there were plenty of opportunities yesterday in Atlanta that he didn't take advantage. He just didn't take advantage of. And it sucks because I'm not saying that, like he's a terrible player or anything no. like that because there are plenty of plays that you can point to yesterday whether it is running for hard yardage or catching something out of the backfield and making a nice gain on first down like there are plenty of plays you can point to and go okay that's aj dillon but man it does seem like when the chips are down and you need that play he is not the one to get it to it, it, it's it's frustrating yeah it's and frustrating. It, it just it made you say like man i hope aaron jones isn't hurt for too long. Like, I hope that hammy is not a very severe tweak, but I'm always very nervous when guys are having hamstring injuries. Like, those tend to linger. Well, that's why I got to think he's out for at least another week. I mean, look yeah. at Christian Watson, you know? He yeah. injured his in practice two weeks ago, and he's still out. I got to think. I mean, every injury is different. I understand they have all the medical information, but I'll be shocked if Aaron's back against the Saints. And that's what's kind of troubling. And at the same time, okay, here's the here's the thing. If Aaron Jones plays in that game, the Packers win going away. So that's there's that, right? Like, I have zero doubt of that. Also coming off of both Aaron being out and AJ's performance, you start to think back, that Jonathan Taylor right. conversation starts to make a little sense because Aaron, we always seems to get dinged up. He's in the last kind of viable year of his contract. AJ's in the last year of his deal. Mm -hmm. The Jonathan Taylor thing, I don't know, two more weeks, then he's off the PUP? Yep. Do they restart those conversations? I think if AJ continues to play like yesterday, I think that's a conversation. Maybe the Packers pick up that phone again. Yeah, absolutely. And you can see why, because when you watch Jonathan Taylor, like what 
a talent. The right. thing with Jonathan Taylor, though, with JT, it's like it's some of the injury questions as well, where it's like this True. is part of why the Colts are probably hesitant because it's like we know what you can do when you're on the field, but you spent some time, you know, on the sidelines, not able to actively help our team win. So it's one of those things. Like, Especially you, last year. Yeah, definitely. Right. Are you going to go out and invest all this money into a Jonathan Taylor to come to Green Bay? Uh without understanding like the injuries might pop up with him as well and if both him and aaron jones are injured <laughs> then we're again we got a manual wilson baby let's go let's do it hey that's what your options will be then but so it's like is that is the reward worth that risk of what the health might be for him on this team uh we'll uh, we'll see I, like i said it's a couple weeks away maybe aj turns it around and this becomes like an afterthought, but he's a premier talent. And mm-hmm. I think it'd be nice to pair him with Jordan Love in the backfield, who Jordan Love, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, leads the NFL in passer rating at 118.8 and passing touchdowns with six. Did It's like that Paul Rudd meme. Look at us. Who, who, thought, who thought we'd be here? Like, Jordan Love balling out. Like, I understand there's things you can nitpick. I certainly want him to start a little faster. Mm-hmm. Definitely want to see a little bit more production there in the fourth quarter when he had moments. But, man, this kid came out just gunning it. And I love kind of this so far so good you know, launch, so to speak, of Jordan Love as the starter because he is playing some lights-out football. Absolutely. And then when you look at his stats from the Atlanta game, we got to keep in mind, he had those two really big pass interference plays too. So like the people were harping on the yardage that Jordan Love is racking up. And I'm like, okay, there could have been another 80 yards, 80 plus yards there. We didn't get some pass interference calls, but I'm encouraged from seeing his play early on. I was encouraged seeing his uh, post game press conference where he's like, Hey, that, that failed quarterback sneak. That was my fault. Said the wrong word. And you can see on his face, like he he was upset with himself, with the yeah. team. And you like to see that from your quarterback. You like to see them taking accountability. You like to see them saying like, hey, like I'm going to keep working and getting better at this. And when you're saying I need to get better at my role, at my position, but you're already doing good. Well, you're already lights out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, that's encouraging. The piece that's encouraging where you're like, I like where this is going. Like you see the flashes. And like you said, of course there are moments where you're like, ah, this didn't work out exactly how it would. He missed Dobbs. Why don't we're like, okay, got to kind of got to reel some of these things in. But at the same token, it's like, he's playing well with more room to grow in his first year as a starting that's quarterback. That's crazy. And what's so refreshing, I think, is how in rhythm he plays. Like yeah. he is just, he's got the read, he's got the read, I got my dump off, or and or it's time to run, right? And most of these balls are being delivered on time in the rhythm of the play. You know what I mean? And, hey, sometimes that bites him. Some, I think he missed a few early on where he was probably trying to rush things a little bit. But, yeah, I, I think it was just so encouraging to see him, again, another week, he's running the offense, he's hitting the things he should. And I'll tell you what, my favorite play – of the entire day was when he busted off that big 30 yes. plus yard run. And then that lineman kind of hit his head on the way down and he gets up chirping. I mean, he didn't hesitate. He got right in guy's face. And I freaking loved that. Same here. Uh, it was so funny when that happened because he started chirping. And to me, it seemed like the defense, he didn't expect Jordan to say anything. No, he didn't like, at he all. Was he away. was, uh-huh. and here comes Jordan saying, talking that talk. Yep. 
And the line, he turned back like, wait a second. Like, <laughs> You're a quarterback what? talking to me? Like, like me? That was He's talking to me like this? He kind of like, started to go after him a little bit, too. I'm like, what yes. are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do to the quarterback it. after the play? Come on. I love it. I love that energy from him. Like, I saw people like he needs to learn how to slide. I'm like, that's, that's uh-uh. the, you know. He's Man. young. Like, that's part of it. I know he wanted to yeah. truck some people in the preseason. Yes, he did. That's part of it. And as he continues to get older, he'll figure out situationally where to slide, where to run out, if it's worth taking, you know, the extra hit to try to get that extra yardage. But right. it's it's encouraging to see. And the other thing with Jordan Love that um, make, that, that kind of was, like, interesting, like, going into the fourth quarter, how many people already believed? That he could take he could that team and put right. them into a winning position. Yep. Now there were some people who were like, "Well, I guess y'all ain't got three Hall of Famers now because he failed in this." And I'm like, "It's it's a drive. Whichever it's, way it would have right. went, if they right. if he would have been able to lead them down the field on a game winning drive, or the outcome that we actually do have, where it's an L, you take everything. You got to be. <laughs> you can't go overboard. Well, you learn from it. You, you continue to grow, and it's like, exactly. of course, the talk radio world and and first takes of the world will try to frame it as one thing or another, you know, like, Oh, he's clearly not up to it. Like, yeah. it's just, it's his what third start. It's his first opportunity at a game winning drive. Like, let's just relax. Um, it's funny though, that you bring up, you know, the belief, like you, Jordan went out there. Right. And it was kind of like, okay, he's been playing really well it. today. I got, I, I believe he can do it. I'm curious as to your thoughts when, uh, you know, things start to tighten up there late in the game. Where are you on Matt LaFleur? Because I've seen a lot of conversation around, and I've had plenty of people chirp at me both in on Twitter and in my inbox regarding, oh, another blown game by Matt LaFleur. Oh, Matt just, you know, puckers up, and Matt, you know, completely too – the moment's too big for him. And i got to admit, I never have that feeling watching the game but I do wonder, like, what your perception is as far as – do you feel that? Like, when the, when the Packers get into these late-game situations where the tide seems to be turning, because that's not a – to me, it's not a Matt LaFleur thing. Like, this is a football thing, right? Like, yeah. Mike McCarthy had it happen in Seattle very famously in 2014. Yeah. Like, no doubt it, it happens in the game of football. But I do wonder, where, where are you on Matt? Because, like I said, there's not an inconsiderable amount of uh, the fandom out there that feels like – Matt's great when they've got a lead and they can, like, get after the passer, so to speak, on defense and blah, blah, blah. But a game like yesterday where a team is pretty damn physical, mm-hmm. and I think we've seen this against Detroit these last couple of years, yeah. like, it's never out of reach for the opponent. And Matt does seem to, his teams seem to kind of freeze in those big moments. You know, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of my feelings toward former Bucks head coach Mike Boonholzer where there were a lot of people in the fire bud camp. He's terrible. Get, get rid yeah. of him. Doesn't do I don't even follow the bucks. And all I saw was fire. fire bud bud. On, right. On game nights. <laughs> My and, <own> Twitter feed. <laughs> and I see similar between Matt and bud in the sense of where it's like, yes, they do things from time to time where you're like, why? Like, what was the, why this decision? Right. <laughs> like, this is one where you're like, this is questionable. This probably cost the team. It could have cost the team here, but a lot of it, I'm kind of like, Someone's on the players where it's like, I'm putting you in these positions, but like you have to execute here. We're not even having some of these Matt LaFleur conversations if Jack catches that interception, if Quake catches the interception, if Dylan doesn't trip (laughs) at a few, you you know, first down opportunities. So I'm not saying that Matt LaFleur is without blame because he did have some questionable calls. Like, why didn't we kick a field goal? 
to start off the game. And said, oh, and, and it blows Dante. my mind. He was asked about it at the press conference, and he's like, oh, it's a real long field goal. He kicked the 52-yarder outside last 57. week. Or no, no. What? Like 52. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like. So, what? Like, that was, that blew my mind. I didn't get that one at all. It's those moments where you're like, coach, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, what's, like why, why that decision? But, like, overall, right. I don't think that Matt LaFleur is a – coach that is going to be detrimental to the team's success in all phases where it's like he has to go because we right, can't right, right. win with him i think you can win with matt lafleur it's just like he's still figuring some things out and the other part well, especially on offense with a, as young with as a new are, quarterback young, and that's the other piece to it because for the past you know since his start here with aaron Rodgers, there were a lot of questions around what's aaron and what's matt yes and right. now that we have Jordan here, it's it's going to be a lot clearer to see what is Matt. Like, what is happening here? Which pieces of this is of him? What was of Aaron? What is now of Jordan? So it's, it's, it's a time to kind of figure things out. But, like, I think he can be better, yes. He can yeah. make some better decisions. But I don't think that he's a terrible head coach or the Packers need to get rid of him to win. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Now, Joe Barry, we'll yes, talk about that next week. We'll talk about that after the Saints come to town. We'll see how, uh, how they fare. Because I think the Saints are a team that – wants to throw it you know we'll see them tonight on Monday Night Football but they're they're a team that I think is going to want to push the ball down the field and I do think mm-hmm. that plays to the Packers strengths on defense but you never know Joe Barry may go hey soft cover two all day let him go hey back off everybody we'll 10 yards him. 10 yards don't, don't get Camille don't get me going again <laughs> I, I just calm down it was, it was so good uh I can't I cannot thank you enough for uh, talking to me every week. It is such a joy, Camille. I really, really appreciate our chats. And uh, we'll be back next week. In the meantime, tell the folks where they can find you here online. Yes. So the Technical File podcast, we record live every Tuesday on our YouTube page. So make sure that you come and join us. Be part of the show. If you can't catch us live, uh, the episode is available on YouTube immediately after we finish recording. And it's available wherever you listen to podcasts that Wednesday. So Wednesday, it's always a new episode of Tech File. And then Locked On Bucks, you can catch me over there. I was on Friday's episode, and nice. I'm picking up the the weekly appearances over there as well. So that one's more of a subscribe and, and check in to see. Right. Um, but I'll be making my weekly appearances on Locked On Bucks. I also have to well. say, I noticed some Carry the G beer in the Technical Foul yes. podcast last week. That's what I'm talking about. Let me, even go. Say, let me say this, because I'm not even a beer drinker. I know Wisconsinite doesn't drink beer. I understand. Yeah. Not a, I'm not a big drinker as is. So my husband saw the carry to G out. And he's, I want to get this for you guys when you record your podcast. He's like, it would be funny to make the Bears fan can <laughs> drink this right after the L. And again, not a beer drinker, but that's a really good beer. Well, thank you. I'm glad you like it. I that's, was drunk halfway so... through the <laughs> Well, yeah, it's a serious beer. Like it is. There's that is a no joke beer. It, it will get you going. There's zero question about that. Good Camille, stuff. I can't. I can't thank you enough. Really appreciate you. I'll talk to you next week right here on Carry the G in MKE.